Channel 2 now concludes its broadcast day. Good night. of warm knowledge in a vast forest of lies. I am the Dark Bear, a dark spirit summoned to these woods to guide strong souls through the darkness. Worry not, Traveler. The dark fog is pushed from my camp, and the wicked whispers fall silent in the presence of the bear. But a word of caution, Traveler. Monsters lurk in the dark woods. Best to stay within the light. Ah, uh, welcome back, uh, welcome. Travelers. Hello there, Tron Cat. Welcome to the campfire. Meow. Hey there, Mike. Glad you could join us. Hey, Sinner, it's always an absolute pleasure to see your lovely face. How are you doing this fine morning? Oh, it's pretty decent so far. Not too bad of a day out there in the dark woods today, I would suppose. So, today we're going to do a little news on things that have been occurring. And we're going to do some recap on some things we've talked about. Why we have a moment of stillness with the news. <laughs> So I finally got to watch the Biden speech toward uh, Putin. And I noticed something during the speech, Senator, that made me feel a little uncomfortable. Which was when Biden was telling the, the media, he said, well, I told Putin that there are that I gave him a list of 16 parts of infrastructure that are off limits to attack why is he giving what Senator, me and you play video games together. If me and you were playing against each other on a video game, are you going to give me a list of 16 ways that I can fuck you up on that video game? Well, not unless I take pity on you. <laughs> you. You see what I'm getting at here, man? Why in the hell would would Biden go and t go off and give him a list of 16 things and say, "Hey, listen, these things right here, not cool. Don't don't hit these things because if you do, it'll fuck our country up real bad." I imagine Biden. I imagine as Biden's weak, wrinkly hand was reaching that note over to Putin, Putin was just over there drooling like, oh, yeah, give me American weaknesses. I'd have to pay top dollar for these normally. But, I mean, then again, who's to say that he didn't buy some of those Hunter Biden paintings, right? 
Maybe that's secretly his blueprint. Just stretched over a canvas. <laughs> oh man! Like fucking um, like national treasure. <laughs> it just gets them. There you go. Here's how you get into the sewer system. Here's where you get to the power boxes. There you yeah, go. Here's where the yeah. archive room is. Yeah, I mean that's basically how. How is this happening? How is? How, I, I watched Putin address the media as well. Sadly. I don't speak Russian, but they had a translator, and I just have to go off of, you know, what the the translator saying, and uh, it seems like Putin's talking trash. Oh yeah, it I was. Did Did you see it where he was just up there like I I looked into Biden's eyes, and uh, I I'm not going to say that he is soulless, but. I am also not going to say he has soul. If he had soul, I would take, but I did not find. Mm -hmm. Like, Putin might be a lot of things, but he doesn't really mince words all that often. He tells it, people, tells it to people straight what he thinks of them. And he's been <laughs> saying this shit about Biden for a while now. At least, at least I can respect Putin to the to the sense that he's not afraid to get up there and and tell the people, hey, if you don't like it, hey, too bad. I am the fucking ruler of Russia. What are you going to do? I ride horseback with no shirt. I am the definition of true man. Pretty much. I I take my enemies, and I sit down, and we have in a nice vodka, and then one of us Wait. dies. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it while he was giving it while while Putin was giving his speech, man. He's up there, nice, calm, collected, speaking Russian smoothly, almost like it's his first language, and he's spoken it his whole life. But when you sit down and watch Biden address the media, it is quite different, isn't it? It's quite a different feel. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he has a very uh, loose grasp on the English language. Yeah, very loose grasp. <laughs> I bet. I bet the handshake between Trump and Biden are worlds apart. That's probably why they wanted to do the the elbow rubbing to meet people. They didn't want to. They weren't want them to realize that Biden's got a slimy, loose grip when he shakes. No, they didn't want him to shake hands with Putin and Putin break his fucking fingers. <laughs> Putin just squeezes the shit out of his hand like, Welcome to Russia, Biden. <laughs> the, the motherland says hello. <laughs> so Biden is out there basically just selling America out, not apparently not just to China anymore, but now also to Russia. Because, I mean, let's just be honest. If you were out there giving away the secrets of which parts of America's infrastructure is weak, I mean, what else are you doing other than giving a target to an enemy for weak points to strike you at? I mean, let's just be, let's just be honest. And 
Russia, especially since Vladimir Putin is in charge right now, they're not shy about, you know, kicking somebody in a, in a broken rib to get their point across, so to speak. But nobody's, nobody's covering this as Biden is out there giving away and exposing America. No one's covering it in that sense. They're covering it in the sense of Biden's weak. They're covering it in the sense of Russia is making fun of Biden. Well, unless you watch indoctrinating channels, and then they're covering it in the sense of, oh, Biden is making a strong stance against Russia, and, and Russia cowers before Biden. That's not what's going on. So if that's the information you're getting, you need to tune in somewhere else. <laughs> they did the same thing with Obama, though, too. Because wasn't it, what was it? When he was in office, Hillary gave a whole bunch of, what was it, uranium yeah. to Russia? Yeah. No one cared. They did the same thing with them, too. But yet when Trump tried to do anything like that, they'd nail him to the wall. I'm, hell, Trump even fucking smile at Putin and they'd nail him to the wall. Oh, he's colluding. Russian collusion. You remember that word? Collusion. Remotely friendly with Putin. Oh, Russian collusion. Because being friendly with other Russian, with other world leaders is a bad thing. Yeah. I guess Nixon was a giant traitor that he had great interpersonal relationships with other countries. Yeah. Well, I mean, Trump went to North Korea. Went there. You know what I'm saying? Not not many American presidents have went to North Korea. That's just a fact. Hey, welcome there, old man. Good to see you in the in the dark woods with us, sir. Hey there, Eric. Welcome to the welcome to the Happy TJF, everybody. Indeed. Thank God, man. Boy, I'm ready for the weekend. I'll tell you what. And happy Father's Day weekend to all the fathers out there. <laughs> That's right. And and old man. <laughs> back at you sir <laughs> so oh center changed up his profile picture i noticed uh, it looks like a animated unicorn <laughs> yeah that's his that's his discord picture there so he wanted he thought we'd match and and i like the thought you know um one of the videos i saw interesting enough uh Biden told the press that he had a list of names that he was given of of press members that he was allowed to speak to. He actually said, and I quote those exact words. So think about that for a minute. Do you really believe now that you have a freedom of press if your president's telling you openly, oh, well, I have a list that I was given of people to call on here. Let me look. Mm, you, 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 and you. That doesn't say, hey, that doesn't sound like very much freedom of press to me. What about, what about you, Senator? You think that sounds like a freedom of press right there? Sure, now, of every, all the times you want to fucking come to me, you don't want me now, you jackass. <laughs> so we just had talked the other day about the exclusive interview that Trump gave 
on the Sean Hannity show where he point blank not only called out fake news for Fox or not just for CNN, but he also basically point blank called Fox fake news. He said, look, Sean Hannity, no offense to you, sir, but there is no such thing as freedom of the press anymore. And Sean Hannity, this is the part that blew me away. You ready? He didn't disagree with him. Sean Hannity disagreed? No, no, he did not disagree. He, he, he just said, well, you know, I've said that for years, and then he changed the subject. So it's almost like even Sean Hannity knows there's no such thing as freedom of the press anymore. That if he steps outside of what he's allowed to say, Sean Hannity is not going to have a job. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw it. I think it was earlier this week, I think. There was a reporter on Fox that before she even fucking started her story of the day, she was in the field. She's like, Fox has been actively putting us down and keeping me hindered. So I've been filtering information to Project Veritas. Yep. I'd really like to see Project Veritas come up as a news media source. You know, a lot of people, they they dog Project Veritas because Project Veritas does things old school style, real journalism, where, you know, I mean, they, they, they get an attractive female and she puts on some lipstick, and curls her hair, puts her on some pumps. And she goes in and goes, hey, handsome, you want to take me on a dinner date? And they go, yeah, I do. Even though I'm married with three kids, I'll take you on a dinner date because I work at CNN and I don't give a shit. Let's go. And then they go to dinner and then, you know, things progress, you know, just the way you would think they would. Hey, handsome. Oh, you're a big time movie star up there at CNN, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Oh, we are the best. Oh, that is just so impressive. Makes my eyes flutter like butterflies in the wind. Well, let me ask you another question there, big time movie star. How does it feel to be so powerful? Well, let me tell you there, little missy. We fooled the entire world with COVID-19. And then we got Joe Biden elected into office. We are the most powerful news network on the planet. I'm a big-time person there. Oh, well, Mr. Big-time person star, can you say that just one more time? And can you look right at my bosom when you do it? Why, yes, madam, I most certainly can. And they try, they, they try to say that that's a poor method of journalism. Well, I don't know, man. She seemed to get a lot of truth out of that sorry bastard, didn't he? Didn't she? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's all. That's hey, that's all my feminine side coming out now. That's dark. That's all dark bear voice right there. <laughs> but you see what I'm you see what I'm saying here, Center? They. These people, because they work in the shadows and they do things that are lies, they don't want people to trick them into telling you the truth. Let me, let me just ask you and be brutally honest with me, Sinner. Do you think that doing that kind of investigative reporting is in bad taste? I mean, no, the 
the point of journalism used to be to get the facts of an incident or a story and put it out there for the public and basically let the public decide how they would take it. Yeah. That used to be the whole point. It didn't matter how you got the information as long as you didn't obtain it through some like really dirty means. The, the important part was that you got the information and you're exposing a bastard for being a bastard, right? I mean, that's what it was all about, used to. And I mean, used to, we used to clap and laugh when somebody got taken by a reporter like that. Like, are you stupid? Look at you. You look like somebody beat you in the face with a brick and you thought that somebody that attractive was interested in you in anything other than a story? Used to, the bad guys used to fear talking to the press because they were afraid the press would hang them. But now the bad guys are the press. You see the problem there? Mm-hmm. They went, they went from telling you the truth to hiding the truth from you. Exactly. You know, the, the whole problem is exactly just like when Trump gave the exclusive story to Sean Hannity about <coughs> Joe Biden's weakness. In my, in my opinion, the whole article of that whole thing when Trump was talking was when he said, well, Sean, we both know that there's no such thing as freedom of the press anymore. I think that's important. You see what I'm saying? I think that people need to take recognize to that, that propaganda is being pushed. You know, it used to be illegal to push propaganda in America. Did you know that, Senator, that we actually had laws on the books to where you could be penalized for pushing propaganda material in America that was anti-American? Yeah, I mean, we, we've always seen how bad it was. We've seen the devastation it causes in other fucking countries. We used to say that we didn't oppose people. And we didn't oppose governments. We opposed anything that opposed freedom. So, let me ask the world, would you rather, would you rather have your news and have it truthfully and get it the way Project Veritas gets it, know it's the truth instead of propaganda, would you rather just get what CNN and Fox give you, which is what they're told to give you? Because we see where that gets us. We just went through a year of lockdown. Now the whole world is in dismay. Everyone feels real uncomfortable. Everyone thinks that there's something huge going on. And you know something weird? I seen a story right before we started the show, and I didn't get to look into it much. Are you sitting around your killer keyboard there, Sinner, by chance? Uh, yeah, I am. Could you happen to look up the keywords in a search for me of COVID-19 
rapid response test recall. Well, you're in the right place to hear people call in from all around the world to hear what's in their neck of the woods because that's what we do. I've got campfires in Ireland, in the UK. There's campfires everywhere. Get your COVID rapid testing right here. Here's four fucking ads. So, I seen a story right before we started the show that apparently one of the CDC, the CDC has recalled one of the COVID rapid test kits. And it's not just an ordinary recall. It's like one of the like most prestigious recalls. Yeah, I see one here. FDA issues warning. About more than 8 million recalled at-home COVID-19 virus test kits. Duh, duh, that kit has been... It is not the kit that has been recalled by LEPU. Warning concerners not to use the LEPU medical technology SARS-CoV-2 antigen rapid test kit and antibody rapid test kit because it says there is a there is likely a high risk of false results. Oh. I mean, like, yeah. Just, anybody that's been alive nowadays, like, if you look at any of the boards that tell you, oh, here's the symptoms of COVID, if you've been alive for more than, like, 30 seconds, apparently you have COVID. Well, you know, it just, it, it seems odd, because if you remember, if you, you know, I know it's a long time ago, but if you remember at the beginning of this, they were telling you there is nothing wrong with any of the fucking tests. The science is solid. The tests are solid. Trust the science. Trust the science. They told you there's nothing wrong with any of the vaccines. Trust the science. Trust the science. Trust the science. Well, now we come to find out the vac some of the vaccines are killing folks. And we don't even really know the, the depth of the damage. Because in retrospect, they clearly already tried to hide it from us. And some of it got to us. You think they're going to give you all of it? You think they're just going to give you what you already know and they can't take back? You see what I'm getting at here? Mm-hmm. They're, they're only going to give you the bare minimum. They're, not, they're going to go, well, how much do you know? Oh, you only know that that some people are getting blood clots and dying. Yep, that's it. That's the worst of it. That's what we're hiding. You're you're a detective, and now you're done looking at that, aren't you? And you're off to the next thing. And they go, "Whoo, that was a close one." <laughs> they thought that was the worst of it. <laughs> if only they knew. So, our good friend Fauci is still out there in the world, still running his fucking gums, digging and digging and digging and digging. I'm just waiting for somebody to come up and start throwing dirt back in the hole now that Fauci's dug so deep. That's all that needs to happen. He's already dug the hole himself. He's lied to Congress repetitively, openly lied to them. 
And here's the whole trick about lying to Congress is when you lie to Congress, you do it on film. And so you can't deny lying to Congress because we can just pull the film right up and go, oh, yeah, what's this? Don't don't change the subject. Tell me what this is. <laughs> oh, you lied. Oh, well, that's a felony. You were under oath. I hope you like prison. So, we've got Biden in the White House giving Russia our secrets because that's the best thing you do with a foreign entity that could potentially be hostile towards you is you tell them, hey, just to let you know, if you really want to hurt me, don't attack us cybernetically through our oil pipeline. Don't do that. That's not fair. Because let me tell you... Huh? We already got attacked by that. Oh, did we? Where? I but, got shown we are utterly fucking incompetent. That's weird, because I, I almost bet you that one of the 16 things that Biden probably told Putin not to attack, and probably told China the same, was probably the cybernetic infrastructure of our oil supply. Because not many people know or realize this, but our oil, our, our fuel, moves everything. The toilet paper you wipe your ass with, the ribs that you hope to cook on the fourth, the beer that you sit down after work with, and you try to unwind with after the day. Fuel moves everything. And so the fastest way to cripple a nation is to cripple its fuel source, which Biden is efficiently doing. Another good way to cripple a nation would be to cause division because then the people of the nation will be fighting amongst themselves and then they'll weaken themselves from within. It seems like we see a lot of tearing down, but not a whole lot of building up. Like Kamala Harris, in one of her speeches, said that we need to reimagine the American economical infrastructure. Holy shit, that sounds fucking terrifying. You see what I'm saying here? These people, they don't want to make small, gradual changes. That's why they've brought in the Biden Express. That's why there's a giant snowplow. Over and then rebuild. Can't cling to your old-fashioned ways if we just fuck it all up and tear it down. Computer, you know, you the hell up. You're, you're a mechanic to, to an extent. Center, I'm sure you've heard this old mechanic saying, if it ain't fucked up, don't fuck with it. Mm -hmm. If it ain't broke, moment, don't fix it. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't touch it. Because the moment you touch it, guess what you just did? You if it ain't it. broke, don't fix it. That's right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right, Eric. 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, boy, they're trying to do an awful lot of fixing the things that ain't broke, aren't they? <laughs> but the things that are broke that do need immediate attention, they're not interested in dealing with, like the corruption within the system. And it's because if, if we could just get one of these dirty bastards to start rolling over... Oh, it'd be a domino effect. You'd see it on world news. It would go down in history. Think about that for a minute. It wouldn't just be, oh, we have a couple corrupt politicians that we're going to take into court and try and cleanse our system. We would literally go down in history for removing the bad entity that, is, that has corrupted our government. And fixing it as heroes. You would be a hero in history. That's how history would remember you. Uh -huh. Look at how history remembers JFK. Fondly. Am I wrong, Sinner? Like, have you ever met somebody that was like, oh, fuck JFK? Oh, fuck no, it's JFK. He's one of our most, I would say he's probably one of the most respected presidents we've ever had. I'd say that's a pretty, pretty accurate statement. He, he, he was logical. He thought things through. He was a, a very good motivational speaker. And he put thought behind what he was going to say before he said it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Victor says, the whole country has been run like a Hollywood movie just before the end. We are given hope and then the axe falls. And I agree. That's how it works. They give you just enough to keep you content enough to where you won't do anything. To where you won't react. Slowly but surely, they're choking the life out of the country that you love. Out of the country that your ancestors paid heavy tolls to come here. To be here. To ensure your freedoms that you enjoy today. So that you're not speaking German. Or Chinese. Or proper English from Britain. Tolls were paid to make the dream come true. It didn't just pop up out of the ground. Hard work was dedicated. Lives were lost. And now we have a corruption within our system. And we have to decide... Are we going to allow all those lives, all those sacrifices, all that hard work through not one or two generations, but several? Are we going to let all of that slowly fade out behind the corruption that's taking over the beautiful thing that they built?
you know, I seen a meme yesterday that said only in America will you see a kid walk in in a pair of shoes that's $150 on a drinking an $8 cup of coffee and playing on a $1,000 phone telling all his friends how capitalism has failed him. I love the I love the stupid ass irony with these fuckers that are like that. I hate capitalism. As they sit in a Starbucks sipping a fucking ten dollar cup of shit coffee on a fucking iPhone. I hate capitalism. Well, maybe you shouldn't buy shit products then. I hate you know what I hate? I hate people that think that society owes them a debt. I don't hate them. I think I think they're I think they're hilarious. Because I'm like, dude, you are a waste of a face. That's what you are. This face that you're given right there, wasted. Because guess what? Society don't owe you nothing. If any, at absolute best, you owe society a debt because because of society, you have air conditioning. Because of society, you have convenience. Because of society, you have food in your fridge. You didn't go hunt that down. You didn't make you. You didn't build your air conditioning. Everyone, Everyone plays a role in society. In society and moves us forward. For true patriot, Mike from Tampa Bay has a quote from Samuel Adams that says, "For true patriots to be silent is dangerous," and I agree. Mm-hmm. I love they always want to try and interpret the shit that our forefathers said. But yet, when you look at the actual written quotes, the stuff that we have from them, it's kind of fucking obvious where they stood. Yeah. They made it as blatant as they could, I think, when they did things like write... When they did things like write the, the, the Constitution. They gave the the people the right to bear arms, and they didn't own. They didn't just say, "Okay, people can own guns." That's not. They didn't just say that and leave it at that. They specifically wrote in the part where they said, "That way, if the government should ever to become corrupted and tyrannical against its people, the people not only have the duty, but the obligation." to overthrow and overturn that tyrannical power. Mm-hmm. Now, see, Congress don't want you to know about that part. <laughs> because that part, and I could be wrong, but that part right there very well could make the big thing that they like to talk about all the time, January the 6th, legal, if you think about it. I had that thought last night. Like, really think about that. Because that line specifically states that if the government were ever to become tyrannical, it is not just the people's duty. It is their obligation. It's almost like our forefathers said, look, we went through all this fucking hard work for you sorry scumbags in the future. 
and we know you're going to be lazy fuckers because we've done the hard work now. So we're only going to give you one job. Make sure that the hard work lasts. Basically. You know, really simple guidelines. You know, don't be assholes. Keep your guns. Don't let the government become a bunch of dickbags. Yeah. Pretty simple. Pretty simple note that that great great grandmama and grandpapa left us. Don't regress. Go forward. We used to have a lot of heroes throughout time. People that spoke and knew how to speak. And I think that there is a big difference between people who speak now and people who speak then. More and more and more so, we see people who speak now want to try to reference the past. And they do a very piss-poor job. Like when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris was wanting to talk about the border and Hugo Chavez. All right, now me and you have talked about Hugo Chavez in the past. And if I remember Hugo Chavez, he was a, Lat a Latino guy that was real big um, about uh, worker rights for immigrants, wasn't he? Give or take, yeah. And then I believe there was a... But he was super against illegal immigration, like to the extent that when the government pulled all of the border patrol agents off of the border, Hugo Chavez, him and his men, went down to the border with chains and hit illegal immigrants with chains. Not with plastic chains, with real chains, metal ones, like the kind you hook up to a car to pull it. Whipped them. Whack. Go back. Do not come here illegally. Thanks. And the reason he did that was because he said, now I'm not saying hitting people with chains is a good idea. This is just a part of history. And the reason he did that was because he felt so passionately that illegal immigration hurt the legal immigrants that came here the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see, you see a lot of people nowadays walk around with shirts with his fucking face on it and praising him to high heaven. Kind of forget that, uh, that little fact of history that he went around and, you know, beat people for what he believed in. Well, see, that's the actually thing. that's probably why they hold him up. He's basically he, he's their ideals as Antifa. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, is you got to kind of think about it this way is when somebody's doing something bad, like burning down buildings and stuff, the media raises them up. Right. But when somebody mm -hmm. is doing something good and standing on their ground and they they're not being violent, they just refuse to back down. How are they treated? Like shit. You see my point here? I can respect somebody who stand, even if I disagree with them. I can respect somebody who will stand their ground for their beliefs. Even if I disagree with them, I can respect them for that. 
because they know where they stand. It's unquestioning. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a difference between knowing where you stand and being closed-minded. But I think that there's nothing wrong with knowing where you stand. People have forgotten how to do that, especially good people. They're afraid that if they stand up for what they believe in, it's going to make them into a bad person. And because they think that, they don't stand up for what they believe in. And they just go, okay, I mean, yeah, I guess. And, and then they walk away. Uh, right here, Mike says, America was not built on fear. America was built on courage, on imagination, and an unbeatable determination to do the job at hand. And he's right. That was said, he, Pre President Harry S. Truman. Words from the past, Senator. Words from the past. You know, since today's Friday, and we're discussing the news, and we're talking about heroes from the past, I, I think I might be able to use my new spell. Address of the President to a Joint Session of Congress, Washington, D.C., <sighs> May the 25th, 1961. Let me show you how real men Speaker, handle Vice Presidents. Let me show you how real men used to My co-partners in government. Gentlemen, ladies, the Constitution imposes upon me the obligation for, to, from time to time, give to the Congress information on the State of the Union. While this has traditionally been interpreted as an annual affair, this tradition has been broken in extraordinary times. Okay, you hear that part right there? He said, although this is traditionally not what we do, because it's extraordinary times, we're going to have to break tradition. We're going to have to do something new to deal with something. All right, let's continue. These are extraordinary times, and we face an extraordinary challenge. Our strength, as well as our convictions, have imposed upon this nation the role of leader in freedom's cause. No role in history could be more difficult or more important. We stand for freedom. That is our conviction for ourselves. That is our only commitment to others. No friend, no neutral, and no adversary should think otherwise. We are not against any man or any nation, or any system, except as it is hostile to freedom. Nor am I here to present a new military doctrine bearing any one name or aimed at any one area. I am here to promote the freedom doctrine. The great battleground for the defense and expansion of freedom today is the whole southern half of the globe, Asia, Latin America, Africa, and the Middle East, the lands of the rising people. Their revolution is the greatest in human history. They seek an end to injustice, tyranny, and exploitation. More than an end, they seek a beginning. And theirs is a revolution which we would support regardless of the Cold War and regardless of which political or economic route they should choose to freedom.
that right there, Senator, he said that we should back freedom in a people, irregardless of whether Russia likes it or not, irregardless of who likes it or not. Mm-hmm. We've come a far cry away from that, haven't we? Yeah. That's why I always catch a lot of shit whenever I say fuck other countries. The only country we should be looking at ourselves first. We don't need the we don't need any other fucking country. We don't need them to be nice to us. We don't need them to like we can be their allies. But that's it. If they want to promote freedom, and we went and helped other countries, and all we've ever caught is shit for it, constantly. That's right. Oh, help us! Somebody's invading us. We go over and help, and then you know, for the next sixty years, we're getting shit on by the rest of the world. Well, here's the thing: is is we used to understand that if a country wanted to promote freedom, then they were a friend, and we would ally with them. But if they did not want to promote freedom, if they wanted to stand in the way of freedom, if they wanted to try to push freedom down, then we knew where they stood. and We treated them as such. Mm-hmm. The adversaries of freedom did not create the revolution, they, nor did they create the conditions which compel it. But they are seeking to ride the crest of its wave to capture it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yet their aggression is more often concealed than open. They have fired no missiles, and their troops are seldom seen. They send arms, agitators, aid, technicians, and propaganda to every troubled area. Boy, that's odd, isn't it? That sounds oddly familiar with now, doesn't it? How they don't send missiles... <laughs> They send propaganda. They send aid. I'm, I'm getting about ready to have to drop off this call here. And just oh, okay, yeah. Hey, there. let's go ahead and hear but, from our buddy Eric here. Well, you know, with the, the weekend coming up, um, late, later on today on Podbean, you'll, you'll be entertained with great shows like the Frankie D Show. And, um, and of course, around 7 p.m. Eastern time, you'll have The Swap Doesn't Lie with Felix and Ann. And starting around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you will see Chris Unplugged getting, doing his you know, Friday night pre-show with the main music show to follow around 9 p.m. Eastern. And you'll also have the Slightly Serious Show coming up at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And then later on tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern, you've got the Old Man's Friday Night Music Show. And Dennis Lee will be doing Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole, you know, also later on tonight around 11 or 11.30 in St. For Saturday night, and then the weekend you've got Crazy Kane's, you know, Crazy Crosstalk Asylum, be it's Doomsday Podcast, the Turkey Show, and then on Sunday the Beans and Weenie Show and Trice Talk. And next week, um, programming note: the Old Man's Podcast is on hiatus, but you'll still have names like the Ralph William Podcast and Freedom Warrior, um, the John DeVito Show, Doc G, and you know, Milk Dog, Lara, Pink Squirrel, and. And many other great names. Chuck and Billy's not your cup of tea, and 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 of course the return of Cummings' culture next week. And Tuesday, Mike Tampa Bay, 
you know, you know, hosting Dina Joe from the Old Man's Podcast, and you know, and other names like Lingalonga and and a few more awesome friends here on Podbean. And you know, again, we want to wish everybody a great Father's Day weekend, and look forward to seeing seeing you around on Podbean and 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 more more dark of Dark Bears Darkwoods podcast. Oh, for sure, and we love our friends here at Podbean, Eric, and. We hope you have an absolutely lovely weekend, sir. So, I'm going to reinitiate the campfire. But where fighting is required, it is usually done by others. By guerrillas striking at night. By assassins striking alone. Assassins who have taken the lives of 4,000 civil officers in the last 12 months in Vietnam alone. By subversives and saboteurs and insurrectionists who in some cases control whole areas inside of independent nations. That's weird. With these that kind of sounds like Chaz. Or Chad. Or Chad. That sounds like Antifa. Or the Democrats nowadays. Mm-hmm. This speech seems to be lining up more and more even though it's so old. These formidable weapons the adversaries of freedom plan to consolidate their territory, to exploit, to control, and finally to destroy the hopes of the world's newest nations. And they have ambition to do it before the end of this decade. Boy, that's, that just gave me goosebumps. It is a contest of will and purpose, as well as force and violence. A battle for minds and souls as well as lives and territory. Ooh. Ooh. Did you just feel that cold chill? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like that, but Kennedy didn't have a very long presidency, which really sucked. I think he would have been probably one of our greatest presidents we ever had, and he still is, even with the short term that he did get. But it's it's stuff like that. Yeah. The he man knew there. how to talk, how to articulate exactly what he wanted and what he meant. And it spoke with basically everybody, no matter what side you were on. Volumes. Volumes. He wasn't trying to deceive anyone, so he felt comfortable with what he was saying. And that's why he could say it with that level of a trick of a articulation and that level of confidence mm -hmm. and in that contest we cannot stand aside we stand as we have always stood from our earliest beginnings for the independence and equality of all nations this nation was born of revolution and raised in freedom and we do not intend to leave an open road for despotism that's right. There is no single simple policy which meets this challenge. Experience has taught us that no one nation has the power or the wisdom to solve all the problems of the world or manage its revolutionary ties. That extending our commitments does not always increase our security. That any initiative carries with it the risk of a temporary defeat that nuclear weapons cannot prevent subversion, 
But no free people can be kept free without will and energy of their own, and that no two nations or situations are exactly alike. Boy, that's something that's been forgotten nowadays, isn't it? Oh, yeah, heavily. Yet there is much we can do and must do. The proposals I bring before you are numerous and varied. They arise from the host of special opportunities and dangers which have become increasingly clear in recent months. Taken together, I believe that they can mark another step forward in our effort as a people. I am here to ask the help of this Congress and the nation in approving these necessary measures. The first and basic task confronting this nation this year was to turn recession into recovery. An affirmative anti-recession program initiated with your cooperation supported the natural forces in the private sector. And our economy is now enjoying renewed confidence and energy. You hear that? He said that he boosted the private sector, the small-time guy, not major corporation, the small-time guy, and that it helped the economy recover from a depression. Man, that sounds way different than what they're doing now. The recession has been halted. Recovery is underway. It's rare you hear, it's rare you hear one applause but the task of abating unemployment and achieving a full use of our resources does remain a serious challenge for us all. Large-scale unemployment during a recession is bad enough, but large-scale unemployment during a period of prosperity would be intolerable. I am therefore transmitting to the Congress a new manpower development and training program to train or retrain several hundred thousand workers, particularly in those areas where we have seen chronic unemployment as a result of technological factors. In new you know, it almost sounds like right there that he sees a problem, and instead of whining and bitching about a problem and saying it can't be fixed, it almost sounds like he's trying to solve it, doesn't it? Yeah, he knew, he knew everything was going to advance. And we had to keep up with the times, make sure our policies, the way we treated our people, the way we came across these problems and solved them had to be to the best of our ability. That's right. He knew we had to rise to the occasion at hand. Occupational skills over a four-year period in order to replace those skills made obsolete by automation and industrial change with the new skills which the new processes demand. Holy sh... That lines up with today, I think, even more than it did back then, because now we have machines way more advanced that, we do, that do way more jobs than they did back then. But did you hear that? JFK already had the solution all those years ago. Yeah. In, in the 60s, I think, when they really started to... To start the automation, I think, of, of a lot of industries, wasn't it? Yeah. That's when we started to really boom, as it were. It should be a satisfaction to us all 
that we have made great strides in restoring world confidence in the dollar, holding the outflow of gold, and improving our balance of payments. During the last two months, our gold stocks actually increased by $17 million, compared to a loss of $635 million during the last two months of 1960. We must maintain this progress, and this will require the cooperation and restraint of everyone. As recovery Cooperation and restraint? These are words that aren't even used nowadays, are they? No, you, you cooperate. You cooperate with the Democrats, you know. Cooperate by standing aside and watching as they fuck everything up. That's wild. Cooperate and restraint. They don't. People don't even know what restraint is anymore. They can't even stop themselves from eating that Hershey's bar that's been in the fridge and ain't even cold yet. Progressives, there will be temptations to seek unjustified price and wage increases. These we cannot afford. They will only handicap our efforts to compete abroad and to achieve full recovery here at home. Did you just hear that? He said, now they're going to be the temptation to raise your prices so that you can get more money. But if you end up doing that, you're going to hurt us. You're not going to do nothing but hurt yourself in the end. Because mm -hmm. guess what? You live here. Labor and management must, and I am confident that they will, pursue responsible wage and price policies in these critical times. Well, that, that idea is just going right out the fucking window, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Gone. They, they chucked that shit out a while ago. <laughs> they just threw that right out the fucking window. The wildest thing i ever seen. Let's keep going. I look to the President's Advisory Committee on Labor Management Policy to give a strong lead in this direction. Moreover, if the budget deficit now increased by the needs of our security is to be held within manageable proportions it will be necessary to hold tightly to prudent fiscal standards and i request the cooperation of the congress in this regard to refrain from adding funds or programs desirable as they may be to the budget did you just hear that part he told Congress that he wanted to see them exercise some fucking restraint when it came to adding more debt to the budget. He said, listen, you guys are going crazy spending money. You need to chill the fuck out. Yeah, even like back then, the debt wasn't as bad as it was as it is now. But then again, it's like today we also have, you know. Idiots like Biden that think printing money is cool and oh we got lots of money, let's just give it to other countries. Why? That's right. <coughs> That's right. Fuck other fuck other. Hello there, you bunch of bastards in the woods. <laughs> Welcome to the campfire there, Caps. How you doing, sir? Oh well, I'm pretty hyped up at the minute, my furry <laughs> friend. 
You see my nifty little new magic spell that I learned, Caps? I can open a portal in the campfire so that we can listen to the heroes of the past. <laughs> Sounds freaky, my friend. Ah, listen to this. Listen to this hero speak. Tell, I'll, pa I'll pause the campfire in a minute, and I'll ask you, Caps, and see if it warms your heart, if it feels like a real man is speaking to you. To end the postal deficit, as my predecessor also recommended, to increase rates, a deficit incidentally this year, which exceeds the fiscal 1962 cost of all the space and defense measures that I am submitting today to provide full pay-as-you-go highway financing and to close those tax loopholes earlier specified. Bullet. Our security and progress cannot be cheaply purchased, and their price must be found in what we all forego, as well as what we all must pay. I stress the strength of our economy because it is essential to the strength of our nation. And what is true in our case is true in the case of other countries. Their strength in the struggle for freedom depends on the strength of their economic and their social progress. We would be badly mistaken to consider their problems in military terms alone. For no amount of arms and armies can help stabilize those governments which are unable or unwilling to achieve social and economic reform and development. Military pacts cannot help nations whose social injustice and economic chaos invite insurgency. Nah, he's right. He's right. He's right. What do you think, Caps? No, he's right. And he really, what he's saying. You you know it's it's pretty wild to listen to to people from. What the do past. you think? What do you think about that? I think he's right, hundred percent. No, but he, I thought he was chatting shit at the beginning, but then when I actually started properly listening, and like I was gonna say I can't be dealing with this shit, but I actually held on and listened, <laughs> and and yeah, man, like he is right because yeah, you can't go against the people when the people are doing everything for you. Really, that's what he's saying, like yeah, you know. Yeah. It's as simple as that, like, we're the people who produce shit for you, man, like, we're the economy, you fucking idiot, you can't play with the economy, you That's have right. full-blown bullshit thrown in your face straight away. So, you know? so at first, at first you were, you were kind of like, ah, Dark Bear, you don't know, I'm getting out of here. No, no, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, genuinely, I'm God's honest <laughs> truth, I'll, I'll, I'll always tell the truth, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, brother. I can, yeah. I respect somebody that tells me the truth much faster than I respect somebody who tells me a lot. Yeah, first 20 seconds, I was, I was almost to just go, oh, man, I can't be bothered, like, and then I carried on listening, seriously, yeah. yeah. That was wild, isn't it? Thank you for being so honest, though, man. You know, because it, if we talk about things, like like we always say, we get a different perspective. We can see a different view. Oh, yeah. I don't like blowing wind up anyone's arsehole. Do you know what I mean? I completely understand. I'm the same oh. way. But I like to if I feel like I want to. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, it all let's, depends on how I feel. I feel you, man. Let's let's see uh, if... if I can stir up any more passion in you there, Caps. And subversion. The most skillful counter-guerrilla efforts cannot succeed where the local population is too caught up in its own misery 
to be concerned about the advance of communism. Oh man, that kind of that kind of touches on what we talk about all the time here about how if a society is fighting amongst itself, then we can't hold the people in power accountable for the things they're doing to the the masses. No, but you know what it is, like you know if everybody stood together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if every, everyone stuck together, then it would be like you'd be a force. But that's that's we right. We, like, and we don't. And if we did, we'd be a force. That's right. And you know, like people don't, and like they, it, the media's got something to do with that as well. I agree, hundred percent. The media is a very powerful powerhouse of driving division within the nations, not just here in America, but I see them doing it all over the place. I'm sure it happens in your neck of the woods too. Oh yeah. So let's see, let's see how a man who in the past had true division in his nation. How does he speak? For those who share this view, we stand ready now as we have in the past to provide generously of our skills and our capital and our food to assist the peoples of the less developed nations to reach their goals and freedom, to help them before they are engulfed in crisis. This is also our great opportunity in 1961. If we grasp it, then subversion to prevent its success is exposed as an unjustifiable attempt to keep these nations from either being free or equal. But if we do not pursue it, and if they do not pursue it, the bankruptcy of unstable governments, one by one, and of unfilled hopes, will surely lead to a series of totalitarian receiverships. Boy, we see a lot of that going on right now, don't we? He's just foretelling the future, really, isn't he? Or foretold. Night. 1961. Yeah, he's foretold, he's, the, he's foretold the the future, literally, because every country is in debt. So, yeah. And we're all owned by somebody, aren't we? Yep. Yep. All about money. So let's let's see how much more how much more accurate he can get. Earlier in the year, I outlined to the Congress a new program for aiding emerging nations. And it is my intention to transmit shortly draft legislation to implement this program, to establish a new act for international development, and to add to the figures previously requested in view of the swift pace of critical events an additional $250 million for a presidential contingency fund to be used only upon a presidential determination in each case with regular and complete reports to the Congress in each case when there is a sudden and extraordinary drain upon our regular funds, which we cannot foresee, as illustrated by recent events in Southeast Asia. And it makes necessary the use of this emergency reserve. The total amount requested now raised to two billion sixty-five million, is both minimal and crucial. I do not see how anyone who is concerned, as we all are, about the growing threats to freedom around the globe 
And it was asking what more we can do as a people. Can weaken or oppose the single most important program available for building the frontiers of freedom? All that I have said makes it clear that we are engaged in a worldwide struggle in which we bear a heavy burden to preserve and promote the ideals that we share with all mankind. See, used to, we remembered that, that that was a burden to show people what a free society is capable of and that we had to hold ourselves to a higher standard in order to say, look, we own guns and we can be sane people owning guns. And people seem to have forgotten that. They have started to take the freedoms that they were given because they didn't earn them. Nobody, very, very few people alive today that are causing these problems earned their freedoms. They were given their freedoms. And now they have taken advantage of them and abused them. They don't care how they look while they do it because they've never known discipline. They've never been held accountable in their lives. People say, oh, well, you're, th you're this way because society made you this way. You're this way because your parents treated you bad. You're this way because, because video games are violent. You know what Dark Bear says? Dark Bear says you're this way because you're just a sorry cocksucker. So be a good person, or just admit you're a sorry cocksucker. Or have alien ideals forced upon them. That struggle has highlighted the role of our information agency. It is essential that the funds previously requested for this effort be not only approved in full, but increased by $2,400,000 to a total of $121 million. This new request is for additional radio and television to Latin America and Southeast Asia. These tools are particularly effective and essential in the cities and villages of those great continents as a means of reaching millions of uncertain people to tell them of our interest in their fight for freedom. You know, that's interesting because basically what he's doing right there is he's investing American dollars, taxpayer dollars, to build an infrastructure to basically broadcast to places that don't have freedom how great freedom is. I mean, that's really spreading a good word, you know. In Latin America, we are proposing to increase our Spanish and Portuguese broadcasts to a total of 154 hours a week, compared to 42 hours today, none of which is in Portuguese, the language of about one-third of the people of South America. The Soviets, Red Chinese, and satellites already broadcast in the Latin America more than 134 hours a week in Spanish and Portuguese. So I'm going to pause right there for a minute. I want to talk to Senator Caps about that specific part. So basically he's saying right there that we are investing in the idea of broadcasting the, the idea of freedom. 
to these places. And the reason that we are doing so is because places like China, which is communistic at the time, extremely communistic at the time, um, they are broadcasting to these places saying, oh, well, China is great. We treat our people smashingly. And so basically what he's saying is, is if we don't give our message of freedom, then inevitably they'll be indoctrinated into thinking that communism is amazing. Is that kind of what you got from that, Senator? Uh, yeah, we need we need more men, men and women, to be honest, in politics nowadays that think like Kennedy. They don't just put, oh, it's, it's my party, my party first above everybody else. That puts the entirety of the American people together. Yeah. <laughs> Victor says, oh, hey, welcome there, Mr. Ed. I didn't see you slide in. Victor says it's our own version of propaganda, and it really is. It's undeniable. But our propaganda is, instead of promoting the state, our propaganda promotes the people. Yeah. Or it used to. Or not. Now our propaganda is completely blocked this country. You know, you don't, you don't see people flocking in mass to go to Uganda or to go to fucking any other country of the fucking world. You don't see them literally clinging to the sides of boats and shit like that to go to fucking Africa and shit like that. No, they will literally live and die just to get to America. That's right. There's a reason for that. The land of the free, the home of the brave, right? How brave are we still? Are we brave enough to hold ourselves accountable for falling asleep? Are we brave enough to step up to the plate to these monsters that are, are of our own creation and hold them accountable? If you want by our politicians, not very. Our, our propaganda now says something quite differently, doesn't it? Our propaganda now doesn't promote freedom. It promotes the American government and the power that it holds. You're white or you're Asian, don't come over here because we'll discriminate against you. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what else our Communist China alone does more public information broadcasting in our own hemisphere than we do. Oh, man. I think that the I, I'm sorry. We look at how far we made it, and he's already called another thing from the future. I think that's more true now than it was then. Oh yeah, China has more bro public broadcasts in here in our hemisphere than they do in their fucking own. And I agree with that 110. percent It might not say China News Network, but it might as well. Moreover, powerful propaganda broadcast from Havana now are heard throughout Latin America, encouraging new revolutions in several countries. Similarly, in Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Thailand, 
we must communicate our determination and support to those upon whom our hopes for resisting the communist tide in that continent ultimately depend. Our interest is in the truth. But while we talk of sharing and building and the competition of ideas, others talk of arms and threaten war. So we have learned to keep our defenses strong and to cooperate with others in a partnership of self-defense. The events of recent weeks have caused us to look at new at these efforts. The center of freedom's defense is our network of world alliances, extending from NATO, recommended by a Democratic president and approved by a Republican Congress, to CETO, recommended by a Republican president and approved by a Democratic Congress. These alliances were constructed in the 1940s and the 1950s. It is our task and responsibility in the 1960s to strengthen them, to meet the changing conditions of power, and power relationships have changed. We have endorsed an increased emphasis on NATO's conventional strength. At the same time, we are affirming our conviction that the NATO nuclear deterrent must also be kept strong. I have made clear our intention to commit to the NATO command for this purpose, the five Polaris submarines originally suggested by President Eisenhower, with a possibility, if needed, of more to come. Second, a major part of our partnership for self-defense is the military assistance program. The main burden of local defense against local attack, subversion, insurrection, or guerrilla warfare must of necessity rest with local forces. Where these forces have the necessary will and capacity to cope with such threats, our intervention is rarely necessary or helpful. You hear that? I think that's important. He said that it is important to give these these developing nations the ability to access freedom but it is important that we do not intervene in their development of their free nation mm -hmm. and that normally if we get involved it rarely helps hmm. where the will is present and only capacity is lacking our military assistance program can be of help. But this program, like economic assistance, needs a new emphasis. It cannot be extended without regard to the social, political, and military reforms essential to internal respect and stability. The equipment and training provided must be tailored to legitimate local needs and to our own foreign and military policies not to our supply of military stocks or a local leader's desire for military display. You hear that right there? He said we have to watch and we have to address each situation on hand when we give a, a, a developing nation military surplus from us. And we have to make sure that it's going to the appropriate, appropriate people, the good guys. You think that they keep that tight of a balance on that? 
uh, center, you think maybe they play both sides of the fence nowadays? And military assistance can, in addition to its military purposes, make a contribution to economic progress, as do our own Army engineers. In an earlier message, I requested $1,600,000,000 for military assistance, stating that this would maintain existing force levels, but that I could not foresee how much more might be required. It is now clear that this is not enough. The present crisis in Southeast Asia, on which the Vice President has made a valuable report, the rising threat of communism in Latin America, the increased arms traffic in Africa, and all the new pressures on every nation found on the map by tracing your fingers along the borders of the communist bloc in Asia and the Middle East all make clear the dimension of our needs. I therefore request the Congress to provide a total of $1,885,000,000 for military assistance. Man, I could be mistaken, but doesn't it almost sound like JFK knew communism was a problem that was expanding? It's almost like JFK knew communism was a hungry beast, didn't he? strange caps if you feel passionate you just let me know man and we'll talk about a part of the speech don't feel like you have to stay muted brother in the coming fiscal year an amount less than that requested a year ago but a minimum which must be assured if we are to help those nations make secure their independence this must be prudently and wisely spent and that will be our common endeavor. Military and economic assistance has been a heavy burden on our citizens for a long time, and I recognize the strong pressures against it. But this battle is far from over. It is reaching a crucial stage. And I... You hear that? He said that this battle is far from over. He knew that this battle wasn't going to end right then he knew the ideology wasn't going to just go away overnight we should participate in it we cannot merely state our opposition to totalitarian advance without paying the price of helping those now under the greatest pressure that's right in line with these developments i have directed a further reinforcement of our own capacity to deter or resist non-nuclear aggression in you hear that to deter or resist non-nuclear aggression the conventional field with one exception i find no present need for large new levies of men what is needed is rather a change of position to give us still further increases in flexibility therefore i am directing the secretary of defense to undertake a reorganization and modernization of the Army's divisional structure, to increase its non-nuclear firepower, to improve its tactical mobility in any environment, to ensure its flexibility to meet any direct or indirect threat. 
to facilitate its coordination with our major allies and to provide more modern mechanized divisions in Europe and bring their equipment up to date and new airborne brigades in both the Pacific and Europe. And secondly, I'm asking the Congress for an additional $100 million to begin the procurement task necessary to re-equip this new Army structure with the most modern material. New helicopters, new armored personnel I'm sorry, I just got to pause right there. Did you hear how he said helicopters? New helicopters? <laughs> sorry. You got to enjoy the old stuff. I mean, come on. Carriers and new howitzers, for example, must be obtained now. Third, I am directing the Secretary of Defense to expand rapidly and substantially in cooperation with our allies the orientation of existing forces for the conduct of non-nuclear war, paramilitary operations, and sublimited or unconventional wars. In addition, our special forces and unconventional warfare units will be increased and reoriented. Throughout the service, new emphasis must be placed on the special skills and languages which are required to work with local pop populations. Fourth, the Army is developing plans to make possible a much more rapid deployment of a major portion of its highly trained reserve forces. When these plans are completed and the reserve is strengthened, two combat-equipped divisions plus their supporting forces, a total of 89,000 men, could be ready in an emergency for operations with but three weeks' notice two more divisions with but five weeks' notice, and six additional divisions and their supporting forces, making a total of ten divisions. Did you hear all that just then? It's almost like this man knew what he was going to say before he got up there to speak. Did it? Yeah, he had his shit together before he got up there. You think, you think Biden could talk to, to the media like that? No. That shit stopped, like with, uh, who was before Nick? Uh, I guess Johnson, no, no. Yeah, I guess it was Johnson. But None you see of them can do it now. You see what I'm saying, though? You, Biden, how long has it been since we had a president that got up there and knew what the fuck he was talking about when he when he got to that podium? None of them. They all use those fucking teleprompters. I don't think they had those back in the fucking 50s and 60s. They didn't need them. Sure. That's a good question. I don't know if they had them in this, uh, when Kennedy from 60 to 63. He was our first television president. Because yeah. the 60s was right when TV technology came up and they started to actually broadcast like presidential speeches and shit. Yep. Kennedy was the first to actually have that. That's why people tuned in so much was because it was something brand new. It, it was yeah, it was magic basically the people back then. It, it was exactly. People couldn't, people couldn't believe that they could see their president speaking to them from the comfort mm -hmm. of their couch. With their AC running. 
That's like me. I can't believe I'm talking to some fucking wanker over in England named Caps sitting in my recliner. This is that's fucking nuts to me. Yeah. It's wild. And people paid attention when real men spoke. And when fools spoke, they just didn't listen because they knew they were fools. They could Correct. Tell, they could tell by their demeanor. They paid them no mind could be deployable with less than eight weeks' notice. In short, these new plans will allow us to almost double the combat power of the Army in less than two months, compared to the nearly nine months hitherto for required. Fifth, to enhance the already formidable ability of the Marine Corps to respond to limited war emergencies, I am asking the Congress for $60 million to increase the Marine Corps strength to 190,000 men. This will increase the initial impact and staying power of our three Marine divisions and three air wings and provide a trained nucleus for further expansion, if necessary, for self-defense. Finally, to cite one other area of activities that are both legitimate and necessary as a means of self-defense in an age of hidden perils, our whole intelligence effort must be reviewed. In an age of hidden perils. Particular words to pick, isn't it? Age of hidden perils. That, that got me too. When he said that, I was like, wow. 1961, an age of hidden perils. Our intelligence agencies need to be reviewed and its coordination with other elements of policy assured. The Congress and the American people are entitled to know that we will institute whatever new organization, policies, and control are necessary. One you hear that? It's almost like he knew that our intelligence agencies weren't answering to the people anymore, isn't it? Well, him and Hoover didn't get along. Oh, yeah. Hoover Hoover was spying on Kennedy, like, actively. Kennedy knew it, but there's nothing he could do about it. Yeah. So and you then tell fucking Bobby, I mean, that, that made it all the worse. So you're telling me that Kennedy, the, the people's president, was getting spied on by an opposing political opponent. Oh, surely not, because we just had that happen with Trump, didn't we? We've already went through that. Well, the FBI had all the dirt they knew and they had on Kennedy with all the women that he slept with and whatever that he did in his private life, and Hoover held it against him. So Kennedy left Hoover in charge of the FBI. Weird. It's that kind of lines up with how Trump's presidency went, doesn't it? History repeats itself sometimes. That is quite strange, isn't it? It, it is. It's sad. All right. Let's see. Let's see how much more lines up with today. I mean, I'm going to tell you, if Kennedy says something about the Kofufu, I'm, I'm, you, you guys are going to hear me just shit right here in the woods at the campfire. <laughs> 
major element of the national security program, which this nation has never squarely faced up to, is civil defense. This problem arises not from present trends, but from national inaction in which most of us have participated. In the past decade, we have intermittently considered a variety of programs, but we have never adopted a consistent policy. Public considerations have been largely characterized by apathy, indifference, and skepticism, while at the same time many of the civil defense plans have been so far-reaching and unrealistic that they have not gained essential support. Boy, we have a lot of bills that are so far-reaching that nobody really supports them nowadays, don't we? Oh, yeah. Like, what, why do we need bills to help other fucking countries? Can't they take care of themselves? I agree with you there, man. Fuck them other countries. Take care of here first, and then if we got a little excess, then we can help the others. Well, you know what they say when the plane's going down the oxygen mask deployed, they tell you, put your mask on first before you help others. True. I I wonder why they say that. It's a good analogy. has been looking hard at exactly what civil defense can and cannot do. It cannot be attained cheaply. It cannot give an assurance of blast protection that will be proof against surprise attack or guaranteed against obsolescence or destruction. And it cannot deter a nuclear attack. We will deter an enemy from making a nuclear attack only if our retaliatory power is so strong and so invulnerable that he knows he would be destroyed by our response. You hear that? That's almost like peace through strength, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You fuck with us, you'll be annihilated, we'll all die. That's right. It's almost like JFK said, you can't reason with communism. You can't tell evil to play by the rules because it's not going to. You know how you put evil back in line? You smile real big when it stands up and wants a problem and you say, oh, are you sure you want this problem? Because I'm willing to grab onto you and throw us both into the campfire and watch us burn. (laughs) Oh my gosh, listen to that applause. Almost like people in the public had a mind back then. If we have that strength, civil defense is not needed to deter an attack. If we should ever lack it, civil defense would not be an adequate substitute. But this deterrent concept assumes rational calculations by rational men. Oh my God. Oh my God. What? Say it again, Senator. Say it. Say it again, Senator. You feel it? That makes sense, doesn't it? We should give the power of these important fucking decisions that affect everyone in the world to rational men. Or rational people Mm -hmm. in general. I mean, that's why like there's a lot of parallels you can draw between like Trump and Kennedy. Kennedy didn't really have as much resistance 
as Trump did. But in a way, they both kind of operate on the same basis. Both of them wanted the best for us first. The rest of the world can fucking wait. They have their own damn governments. They have their own politicians. They have their own rulers. They have their own fucking people. They can do it them damn selves. And if they, they have, have to drive and determination, they can have what we have, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kennedy knew how to say it better, though, than Trump. I mean, well, like I mean I Kennedy said, didn't have he didn't have the resistance that Trump had. That's the downfall, I think, between the two of them is. True, true. You know, a lot of people don't realize that Kennedy was a Democrat back in the 60s. Trump brought that on himself, man. Nobody knew what Trump was going to be. Thanks for joining us, buddy. That motherfucker, he came in and put his fucking foot in his mouth, both both feet in his mouth real fucking quick. So, I mean, what he believed in, he didn't let anybody tell him otherwise. Yeah, I think it's just that, that one debate, like even when him and Hillary were running against each other, fucking, you know, Dark Bear with the, the emails and shit. What, what would you do? I'd put you in jail. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't even wait. He immediately, I'd put you in fucking jail. I like that that because that, that pissed me off, too, with, when she did that and that Benghazi shit. Uh, yeah, Trump, Trump has his downfalls, yeah. But in a way, him and Kennedy share a lot of the same style. They're both men that they know what they're doing. They know what they know what they wanted. They they knew a clear, decisive direction they wanted to travel in, and they knew how to articulate the thoughts. I mean, a lot of people get on Trump for it, but at the same time, he held a lot of speeches. And a lot of people followed what he said very passionately. He was not a puppet. You know, a lot of politicians are puppets. They do what all everybody else wants them to do. He was not a puppet by any fucking means. Nor nor was Kennedy. They were men of their own words and they stood by it and in in my mind didn't go, you know. In my mind, Trump was kind of like a shotgun. Loud. Grabs everybody's attention. Not the most precise thing, but it gets your attention when you hear it go off. Mm-hmm. Kennedy. Kennedy was like a scalpel. <laughs> Beautiful and articulate. He was used for a specific purpose in history. You see what I'm getting at? Yes, yes. Kennedy was much more articulate because that's what we needed at the time. Trump was a loud bang that that woke up a whole bunch of people and went, oh shit, the world is a terrifying place. What do we do? Yeah, pretty much. We We didn't have people acting like they do nowadays back in the 60s. That's right. But yeah, you had... You had the hippie movements, and you had kind of the, uh, the Black Panthers and shit like that. But none of it was really as bad and as ignorant as it is nowadays. Sir, sir, back in the 60s, we didn't have people that put in butt plugs that had tails tied to them and then crawled around on all fours. And <laughs> yes, it's like Kennedy kind of had, he had the optimal time to live because it was coming, it was right off of the 50s. 
the boom of the 50s as we came out of World War II, the economic freedom that we had back then. He he was president right at the perfect time in American history where we, we there was no way to go but up. Patriotism was still a right. thing. Right, right. Real the men still existed. You know, the, the, the thought of having a family in a neighborhood in the suburbs, having all of that, going to work, there's plenty of jobs, you can have a family, you buy a nice car, the little white picket fence, have your house. I mean, it sounds corny now, but back then, that's what it was all about, man. That was the dream, was you didn't have yeah. You didn't have to live in a shack. Right. It's have a car, have a decent life, and surround yourself with people that love you and you love them. Yeah. You that was it. To, that was the American dream. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about somebody kicking in your door and, and robbing you and you not being able to defend yourself. Exactly. You know, back then, real men said, if you kick in my fucking door and you want to come and take my fucking things and hurt my fucking family, because you're too goddamn lazy to get up and go get your own things the hard way. I'll take your life. Yeah, and nothing happened to him. Now we'll look what happens to you when you do that. Not only, not only did nothing happen to you, most of the time you were praised as a fucking hero. Yes. Back in the fucking Wild West days, if there was a, if there was a dick sucker in town that bullied everybody because he was a quick draw and some, some stranger came into town and... And he came across, said, dickhead. And the guy was like, hey, do you know who I am? Meet me in the street at high noon. And the stranger went. And then they met in the street. Pow, pow. And if the stranger did the bad guy in, the town went. And they all went into the saloon and they got him a drink. Yeah. All the whores came out of the fucking prostitution salon and they're like, you know, and they started kicking their heels up with their dress and whatnot. It's so true, man. It's just times were so fucking different, man. What the fuck happened? Where did shit go so fucking wrong? People got lazy. That's why I say, like, I think Kennedy was our last good Democratic president. Because people seem people seem to forget that historically, the Democrats are not a good party. They're no. just they're not. They're the ones that the resisted any racial change. Are the ones that resisted change after the Civil War, yep. anything like that. Like yep. most of our bad policies have been Democrat back. Yep. But for some yep. reason, people don't fucking see it because the Democrats hide behind, we're trying to include everybody. We're trying to help everybody. That's static. Yeah, that's why Ku Klux Klan and shit was started by Democrats. Biden himself was was friends with the one of the grand wizards of the KKK. You, you know, know these people don't want to help you. They don't care. You want to know something weird? I looked up that, that guy that you're talking about, that Biden knew that was a grand wizard of the KKK, right? So, interesting thing. I typed it into Google, and I brought up that he was a senator and blah, 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 blah. But nothing, no mention about the KKK, right? 
And then I'm like, hmm, that's odd because I distinctly remember this. And so I went to, I think it was Wikipedia. And I looked it up on Wikipedia. And, oh, yeah, they had the information on there about him being in the KKK. But don't you think that's odd that the first search engine I went to, Google, uh, made him out to look like a superstar? It's almost like 1984 is 2021. Yeah. I think Hillary and Bill were connected with him and other people in the KKK as well. Hmm. Fucked up. What you get information. Another thing. Say our examples of presidency are all Republicans. There's very few Democrats you can point back to and say, "Yeah, they did a good job." Kennedy's one of the only ones that stands out amongst all of his peers as a Democrat that did good, and they killed him. And you know, when you think about it, it's kind of odd that. Everyone knows who JFK is in the world. Because mm-hmm. when you stand him next to all his peers, he shines bright as a supernova because all of his peers are literally scumbags to the point that they look as dark as the night sky. Hey, why, why do you think he's also the modern president? He has his own fucking coin. Most of our money is all our founding fathers and shit, you know, Lincoln and Benjamin and Washington and stuff, right? Kennedy is the only modern president. He's on the 50-cent piece. That was made, I think, just for him. Before that, we didn't really have 50-cent pieces. And you know how that you know how that wonderful man was rewarded for trying to return the power that that rightfully belong to the American people back to them. Bullet to the head. Yep. That was his, that was his reward was that the magic bullet, right? That we all know about the magic bullet. We've all heard about it, how it can pass through, you know, at like seven different right angle turns and whatnot. But the person that took the fall for Kennedy getting shot, didn't he have a political leaning? Yeah, I think I think he was a Democrat too. Remember Lee Harvey Oswald? I, I every time I did research on that, it always sounded weird to me. Like they caught him really easily, and they had him in custody. He was in the custody of like I think the FBI, and they're walking him through. How the fuck does he get shot in the face by a nightclub owner that just walks up to him and blows his face over? Hmm. Oh, maybe it's because they were in the matter. Ruby just killed him. Ruby knew all the cops, everything. He had access to get in there and all that, but who knows who what the fuck happened and But see that's the trick. Is if no one knows what happened, then the bad guy won in the end, didn't he? Which I think was fucking Johnson. Johnson had a lot of people murdered down here. That motherfucker, he was like one of the Clintons, I'm serious. That dude, was he had people murdered. You know, when we just listened to JFK speak, I noticed something while he was talking. And it was he was not afraid to tell the American people exactly how much he intended to spend and why. 
Yeah. They don't do that much nowadays, do they? Not uh, particularly. They, they want to spend trillions and give you one hand. Well, I didn't tell you how much they want to spend. It's just nowadays it's Oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna sprinkle a little bit over the American people, just a little bit here and there, or we're gonna send multi millions of dollars over to another fucking country, and then we're gonna wash it through multiple different funds, and it's gonna come back to America, right back into those politicians' pockets, one way or another. And you're gonna for it? Who knows? Maybe you and I are actually buy, buying Biden's art, and we just don't get to in, enjoy it in our home. Like $40 million over to the Middle East for fucking, what was it? Teaching them that gay people aren't so bad in a culture that's literally written in their religion to kill gay people because it's against their fucking beliefs. They definitely need $40 million to reform their entire religion, which is never going to happen. Oh yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I didn't look at all. I didn't watch his fucking bullshit. I didn't want to hear it. Did that <laughs> ego say that? No, hey, that, that was uh, budget bills and stuff that they had, they tried to push through. It was in the COVID relief bill where yeah. they sent everybody the last stimulus check. They're like, here, we're going to give everybody in America their couple thousand dollars. So everybody shuts the hell up and they're nice and happy. Look, here's your fucking money. Shut up. But you know, then you know, send a few million dollars over to Saudi Arabia and shit to teach them that gay people aren't so bad, or let's send some money to China, let's send some money to other countries just to grease the wheels. And luckily, I think Republicans caught it and uh, killed most of that shit out of that bill because we still got the we still got the COVID money, but I think all the other shit got pulled out of it. They saw through the the bullshit and they got that pulled. I thought you were saying he went over there and was saying that when he went on his fucking trip over there just a little while ago. I was like, oh, my God, there's no way. The major religion, at least, is, you know, Islam. And it's in their doctrine, literally, if you read the Quran. If you don't believe in Islam, you're a non-believer. You get to get killed. Oh, Oh, you've won a miraculous prize. You know, we get to cut your clits off because you don't get to have sexual pleasure because that's against the will of Allah. Oh, if you disobey your husband, we're going to throw fucking acid in your face. Oh, you're gay. Oh, we're going to throw you off the rooftop and bury you in a hole and throw rocks at your fucking head. Throw rocks at your fucking head. We'll show you how we do it here, motherfucker. They dig a hole, put you in it. Bury you up to your neck and then stone your face until you die. Oh, hey there, Freedom Warrior. Welcome to the campfire. Uh, Freedom Warrior is a thing on Google where the the Saudi Arabian uh, executioner, it shows him. Cut the heads off of people. And you you may think it's, you know, like... Sawing and all this or whatever. Oh, it's just one one smooth whack. And he does it with one hand, and he does it backhanded. Dude, these guys. These guys been cutting heads up. They got practice. Okay, they they probably do all all kinds of. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Everybody (laughs) wants to put 
point to Saudi Arabian shit, they want to point to like Dubai and stuff like that, the modern ish cities, you know, that oh look how far they've come. But then underlying it's still all the religious tenets that are the mass foundation for everything they live by. And if you even think about disrespecting their rules, nine times out of ten you're gonna die. Oh, I'll tell you what, over there they know how to stand for what they believe in. They have no fucking problem. You know, you remember that scene? Welcome back, Troncat. Meow. You remember that scene in Aladdin where where Princess Jasmine picks up the apple and gives it to the little kids that's hungry? And then, you know, the apple tender comes over there and he's like, thief! And he grabs her by the hand and he's like, I'll have your hand for that! Um, that's not dramatization. That that actually happens. But, but you know, normally a street rat, smooth, slick talker with a thief of a monkey doesn't, you know, slide in and, and save you. Normally you just get your fucking hand cut off. Yeah, they don't play. They do not play. They don't. They don't play. The Middle and, East has not changed very much in, like, 2,000 years. And, you know, here's the thing. is here in America... We used to not fuck around either. Now, we didn't cut people's hands off and shit, but we said, look, if you're going to be a scumbag, you're, you're going to play scumbag games and you get caught, you're going to win scumbag prizes. It's not going to be, oh, well, this is the first time you were caught um, robbing a liquor store, so we're just going to give you house arrest. They were like, oh, you shot a cashier and stole a bunch of money. Prison for life. I hope you like men. I hope you're real into into Pride Month because I hear butt fucking is a thing there. Then we yeah. slapped them on the ass and sent them on their way. And it was hard labor too. Yeah. Huh? I mean, hard labor. It, the problem it, it, it's the lifestyle problem I think between nowadays and when Kennedy was alive. When Kennedy was alive, the world itself was kind of more even. I guess I would call it. No no country was really at each other's throats. No one was super vying for power. Well, I mean, like I mean that's not true because Russia... Russia. Russia. There was a Cold War. Fuck. Yeah, because Russia, Russia was trying to set up set up base in Cuba, and, and I, JFK told him, he was like, if you don't turn that fucking ship around, we're going to go to war right now. Yeah, it's like it, Russia and China were evil because they, they've always been fucking evil. They've always been jackasses. But it's like at least they realized... Mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Hey, if we nuke each other, well, then everybody kind of dies, and that doesn't really help anybody. So let's just spy on each other. Yeah. They they just want it's kind of like siblings, you know, pulling each other's hair. They weren't actually hurting one another, but you know, if mom and dad looked away long enough, well, then the, it would evolve into a fight instead of just pestering one another. But yeah, nowadays. We have a very hungry communistic China. We have a very hungry Russia, both looking to expand on a global sense, both looking at America as a competitive market. And I mean, both. The, the fun part is that China's always been cunts. Only when Biden came into office, did you notice, did Russia actually kind of start to be like, ha-ha, bitch. Yeah. Because it I know everybody loves to gripe on Trump and Putin and shit, but the actual kind of like business relationship between them as leaders was he good. Respected he respected Trump. He said, oh, you know, 
Trump may be not very nice, but he knows how to make money. And Russia, we like money and vodka. Right. Their, their working relationship was exactly what you would want. They realized that, hey, we don't have to fucking like each other. We can be beneficially, you know, mutual. Cooperative. Yeah, we can cooperate as long as you guys aren't committing any horrible, atrocious uh, uh, acts upon your people or other nations. You know, um, I'm having an absolute blast discussing this. However, we have about four minutes until the campfire's wood starts to turn to coals. And as we all know, when the campfire's wood turns to coal, Dark Bear has to return back into the shadows. But I absolutely had a lovely time with everybody who stopped by today. And Sinner, we had a great time listening to a man from the past that knew where he stood, didn't we? Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of great voices from the past. Even you know, there's Kennedy, there's Roosevelt. I mean, shit, even Churchill. If you ever heard any of the speeches from Churchill during World War II, there was a reason he was in power for so long. He's such a beloved man the world over. That's right. We will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them in the fields. We will fight them in the streets. <laughs> And it's because he knew that the approaching thing that was coming upon his nation wasn't for his nation. Mm -hmm. So, I hope that everybody enjoyed today's campfire talk. And hopefully we expanded your mind and made you think a little. Spicoli, thanks for joining us up here, man, and talking with us for a while. We, we really appreciated your input, man. I enjoyed it, man. Thank you for having me, and I hope y'all have a good weekend, and y'all take care, man. Absolutely, for sure. We appreciate it, and the same back to you, Steve. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like that time has come. We hope that you have an absolutely wonderfully safe weekend, and me and the center will be back on Monday, and I think on Monday we're going to discuss whether or not America is going to get to go out and pop their fireworks or if they're going to be too grounded because of mask and they're going to have to stay inside. So or everybody else, do. we definitely ain't out here in California. <laughs> Monday, we'll be talking about some freedom some more. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your loved ones. And think about what we talked about today. And while we're away from the campfire and the embers are low, remember, be careful when the dark woods are dark because monsters dwell in the dark.